0: Welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and I have with me iDoc member, Dr. Neil Patel, who took over a 20-year-old practice in Tampa a year ago, and I I believe you just had your one-year anniversary. So congratulations, Dr. Patel.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So... Uh, Neil, a lot of times when we're looking for someone to interview, what we do is we look for someone with a high level of expertise on a particular topic, and and then we pick their brain on that topic. So what we're doing here is we took a little different direction with this. We're going to talk about something that you and me and a lot of ODs, I believe, are not necessarily experts on, and that would be optical and inventory management. And you're a young O d, and you embarked on ownership a year ago with thoughts on how to manage the inventory. And you soon realize that maybe I'm in a little bit over my head. You know, I wasn't trained in optical. what What am I doing here? Which sounds negative, but it's actually a great realization that that many owners who want to do everything themselves struggle to embrace what are my strengths? What's my greatest value to the practice and what do I need help with? And when you determined that maybe inventory management wasn't necessarily in your wheelhouse, you decided to offload and maybe give some insight as well to another OD finding him or herself in a similar situation. Does it, does that sound like a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, definitely. It does. When we started off our practice, we came into a very unorganized inventory where we had anywhere between 2200 to 2500 frames listed and i'm looking at the optical and we don't have quite as many out there so it was one of those situations where we saw more on our inventory but we didn't have on our list but we didn't have those frames physically there so we had to weed out the ones that weren't really there
0: that's a great place to start. So, and I think that's a very common thing, whether you're opening cold or whether you're taking over practice for the optical anyway, is, is how many frames should I carry? How, how many lines, how many brands, how, how many, or how much is too many and, and what is not enough. So how did you determine in your case, the number of frames that you were going to carry in your optical area?
1: We started out with close to 850 frames simply because we had 850 slots that we could fill frames with now that we have a renovated clinic we don't have quite as many frames in there just because of the turnover that we were trying to keep there Um, and so i think the optimal turnover would be three to four times for each frame in a practice and we were noticing a lot of stagnant frames there and so that's when we reached out to the optical consulting uh, team and that's when they were kind of going over different formulas that we need to kind of focus on. And that's when we ended up going with the inventory management team because they know how to manage an optical way better than what I would.
0: Yeah, it's something that's difficult to keep up with. And I, I don't think that's unusual to have an optical with a lot of frames. I, I, I think there was a different time where there was a feeling that you had to compete probably with a lot of retail outlets and carry a, a wide selection. And I think as as time has gone by, it's become much more refined. And hopefully more doctors are keeping a closer eye on what are the top sellers and what are the ones that are just sort of taking up space on the boards. so i I, I think that's a good place to initially look when you're when you're going over your own process of inventory management when, when we walk in, I've done it too. You, you walk into some opticals and they're beautiful. These, these gorgeous opticals, and you kind of take for granted the aesthetics, but then you realize, well, somebody actually had to design that. So, you know, questions come up of what types of displays are we using shelves or frame boards or drawer type displays in your case, can you speak to that a little bit? Was For you, was it a matter of preference? Was it a matter of practicality? Were there other criteria that went into the, the actual design of your optical?
1: Yeah, so we started out with just frame boards when I took over. And one thing that I noticed were patients were just kind of glancing back and forth. They weren't moving around the optical and kind of exploring what the different options were having shelving, having display boards, having frame boards, having drawer types where it's clear display on top, that made it so they were able to kind of explore the whole optical area instead of just glancing through a couple of the frame boards here and there. I don't see anything I like moving on. And so this, it was more of a map to kind of help patients go around the practice a little bit and kind of expose them to different frames and uh, different products that we had in the optical
0: then too. So you feel like there's a better flow now. So when people come in there, there's always that. And I know they do a lot of studies on this in other businesses where they probably have, you know, more funding to, uh, to do the research for this, but when somebody walks into a a store, a jewelry store, a big box store even is what are we, what are we drawing people toward and also being able to have a good flow that's going to draw people to the parts of the optical that we want? Do, do you feel like you have a better uh, grasp on that now and a better flow through the optical?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we were able to kind of figure out that when patients were coming into the door before they were getting stopped everywhere that there was a road stop, there was a dead end here there, you couldn't manage where you were going to go. Um, now we opened up, we have an open concept um, optical where you walk in and first thing you see is the front desk, but that's all the way in the back where now you have such an open space, you can kind of explore, you can and we have limited seating in the in our optical too, just to make sure that patients are up and looking at our frames and looking at things that they want to see out there.
0: It's been interesting to see the designs change over the years because if you go back far enough, probably before your time, the uh, it, it was almost the private practice seemed to be much more medical based from the standpoint of you'd walk into the practice and there would be, Uh, a reception desk and a waiting area. And we were almost, if you go back far enough, apologetic for the optical. It was sort of in the back. We carried some frames. We wanted to really distance ourselves from that retail side. We've seen that change a lot. I I actually think that's something that a lot of the more commercial places got right before we did, is it was all, when you walk in, you were surrounded by glasses. And I think it took a little bit of time for a independent optometry to recognize the value of that in in drawing people in do you so you have some scattered seating i'm interested in in that do you not have a waiting area because i i from what i've seen i see a lot more practices sort of getting away from that quote-unquote waiting area
1: yeah we don't necessarily have a waiting area we have about three chairs and um, seats around the front door and then we have a couch that patient can kind of lounge in as well Um, and so that way there's not there's very limited amount of spaces you're usually not waiting around for me either but it's more of an opportunity to get up and move around and chat with our staff
0: would you say it's a balance between we have some places to sit because you wouldn't want to walk into a practice and want to sit down and there's nowhere to sit. But at the same time, exactly. you have that right amount that makes it so people have to get up and move around. There's not a lot of seating there, which kind of forces you into the optical to start looking at the uh, the dispensary.
1: Exactly. And we do we do see elderly population as well. And so we definitely want to be mindful of having some seating arrangements, but we don't want 12 patients to be sitting around. Instead, let's go check out our frame boards.
0: Another thing I know nothing about is lighting in the optical area. So you having gone through this, can you give us a little mini mini education on that?
1: Yeah, lighting is quite important. When I first took over the practice, I noticed when I first looked up, there was about five light bulbs that just weren't on, and that area looked dark dingy a little bit. There was yellow light bulbs, there were white light bulbs. The color was just off. Being that we deal so much in optics, the color is so important, having anywhere between four to 5,000 K temperature anywhere from that to almost 6000k you want to make sure that you have that bright light in there and so in our optical displays now we have overhead lighting for each one that lets us look at each crystal on a thoroughfee frame we can look at each color a little bit better we appreciate the design changes that might be in a frame and so that is very important when you're trying to see the true aesthetics of a frame and the real lighting there. Patients, if they see something that looks brown in the office, they go out and it's burgundy, they're going to be a little bit struck with you. And so we wanted that true color to resonate in the practice there, too.
0: There's a psychology at play here, too, when people walk into, and it's, it's certainly not unique to optical, but really any business we we've had some practices that that reached out to us with concerns over low sales in the optical. And we've had them send pictures and it the the picture of the optical communicated to me cheap. And you know, that just clusters of, of frames in uh, glass displays and it just it didn't make the impression that this is a, a high-end, high-quality business. And my concern with that would be if that's if that's the impression people have, that they're not going to, to be in a state of mind of wanting to spend a lot of money. The other thing is just a, again, with the aesthetics, having a place that doesn't look very welcoming or looks dark, I think mm-hmm. sort of subconsciously we're thinking, I, I want to get out of here. It's not a place that I yeah. want to hang out at versus some of the more modern opticals we're seeing that are beautiful and have great lighting and great displays. It's very welcoming and actually makes you want to shop there it It makes you want to stay there would would you say that's fair in in the um in the changes that you've made within your optical?
1: I would agree with that hundred percent one thing that we wanted to do was modernize our optical, but without taking away too much from what an optical should be like still. And so that was definitely one of the, um, hurdles that we crossed over is changing the feel of an optical coming in. You're not just getting your eyes checked. You're actually shopping around a little bit too.
0: The, um, in in doing some of the prep work for this interview, and I hope it's okay that I mentioned this, but I, I did talk with the inventory management team who actually suggested talking with you. They said that you definitely want to talk with Dr. Patel about this. And you know, we were talking about what are some of the things that maybe you had to change in terms of your mindset going into the optical. The word emotional buyer came up. And the uh, <laughs> I, a lot of eyewear consumers, if we just focus on them, right? The people that come into our practice, are emotional buyers, and which is actually a good thing. And I, I think opticians in particular have to, have to balance that. They have to balance the, sometimes we get so caught up in features and quality, but we're really not making that emotional connection or, or understanding the emotional motivators of the, the consumer and, and the emotional drivers that they have for making a purchase. But as a business owner, being an emotional buyer can get you in trouble. Right, it can get you in trouble when it, especially when it comes to things like inventory management, when it's hard to say no. And in terms of your process of ordering frames, how did you sort of take the emotion out of it and make the uh, make the process uh, driven more by practical data and and having that drive your your choices more than just emotion?
1: I would say the first six months of owning the practice was a lot of emotions and buying frames as well as we had the staff get involved as well we'd have luncheons where we'd have a rep bring in a whole frame line and we would have staff picking out which ones they would like and at the end i would go through and agree with each one of those because the staff liked it. And so it was like if the staff likes it, they're gonna be more prone to selling it when it comes time and suggesting a certain line or a certain frame. Sooner or later, more sooner, I wish, but we got to a point where we were overstocked on a bunch of frames where we had a lot of understock happening as well. Now we had to bring in more displays before this is all before the remodel occurred so we brought in different displays for frame lines and then we decided okay we need to slow this down so i started seeing reps a little bit at a a little bit more extended period i'd see them every quarter instead of every month and a half Um, and so that kind of helped slow things down there but what i when I started to actually dwell into was looking at what we needed in the practice and how many frames we would sell per day, per week, and multiply that by the four weeks that we were open in that month and see how many we actually need to keep turning over. And that really helped me kind of judge when I went into a meeting with the rep. Hey, we have 15 frames that we have spaces for, for your line. We can't go over we can't go too far under either because we need those and so that's when inventory management also helped out where now we have a little bit more of a concrete set hey this is where we're going to be kind of firm and you don't have to we'll take care of some of the the reps there too we'll make sure that everything is kind of lined up with what you're kind of focusing on and now you take care of the patients right so it helped out in that sense
0: there as well. Are there areas where you've had to involve your staff? You mentioned that the staff was uh, instrumental in helping you pick out frames, but at the same time, you had to put some some boundaries on that. It's As a business owner, one of the things that we talk a lot about in working with other members is staff training and involving the staff in these decisions as well. And I, I think an owner in your position, a lot of times feels like they have to make all these decisions on their own. Um, are, are there any other aspects that you were able to involve the staff in the area of the optical or in, inventory management?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, one big thing is where frames are located, right? And so instead of having our frames just scattered in one little area, men's in one section, women's in another, um, that was one thing the staff suggested. Let's kind of spread things out a little bit because that way we have, it is more of a, a space where we can move around, where we can also engage in in our patients when they're at the men's frames or the women's frames. Instead, we're now everywhere in the optical, not in just one area. Um, so that really helped out there. Also, we have our staff every about three to four weeks, we'll have the staff move frames around. It kind of just freshens up the optical a little bit too and kind of keeps them fresh too on what's out on the frame boards. Because at times we might be seeing the same frame, we kind of pass that frame, we go into the next one. And so this helps kind of keep that that very fresh frame. Look there too.
0: Do you meet with the team and people handle this differently, certainly with the opticians, but do you have a process where you meet with them, get their feedback, uh, give them insight into how things are working, but also learn from them. And I I suppose that would apply to the reps as well. You mentioned maybe meeting a little bit less frequently with the reps, but is there a particular process you have? Like some people like quarterly, they'll meet with their, their optical manager to go over these things. Do you have any process like that?
1: Uh, We actually do a staff meeting uh, every month, and we'll have each department kind of give their insight in how things are going, Um, and so each person gets a good half hour to discuss whatever is on their plate, Um, and so that way we can kind of hash out anything that we need to, but we do that on a monthly basis uh, with our staff, and then for our reps, we'll Now we're doing them every quarterly meetings um, and making sure that we're staying with that as well. With the inventory management, though a lot of the reps have thought that they can't come into the practice anymore, but that's not quite the case. They're all welcome to come in and they can uh, show us the new products and do inventory on the boards and see how many frames are selling. Um, But it's less of buying directly from the rep itself um, and the management team kind of takes care of that on the back end.
0: Has that been an easy transition with the reps? Cause I know sometimes there may be somewhat of a conflicting interest in terms of your desire to run an efficient and profitable optical. And yet you've got reps that want to sell frames. Uh, is that, has that been a, a smooth transition or have you got pushback on it? I'm just thinking of somebody else that might be going through something similar, have relationships with their reps, but not quite sure how to approach that conversation?
1: Yeah, definitely. That It's been a little bit of a bumpy uh, road with some of the reps. Some reps took it with stride and realized that this is best for the practice. Um, but there's definitely a hard conversation that needs to happen <laughs> with some of the reps one way that I was suggested on kind of explaining it to some of the reps that didn't take it so and weren't seeing eye to eye about it is that um, we've decided that based on the, the facts, based on the data, based on what's on the, our frame boards, we've decided to go with an allotted assortment and we picked our best sellers and we're still moving along with your frame line. It's just that we're going to pick the few that are actually going to do well, and we're going to continuously, repeatedly purchase those that are doing top sellers. Um, and so it was more on um, just having that upfront conversation and letting them know you're always welcome in our optical. we might not be buying that day that you come and see us. And so that was probably the harder conversation to have with a few of the reps. A um, few of them took it pretty <laughs> gracefully, them took it really personally, too, um, but it was still some, a conversation we had to have, because at the end of the day, it comes down to what's our business, right? And so it comes down to how things are running with our optical. Um, and so this kind of helped streamline everything. And that way, instead of selling a frame every quarter, we're able to sell that frame every month. And um, so we get a higher turnover of frame, frames this way.
0: Efficiency is something that comes up a lot, and what's the best use of your time, and especially in this current era of the the challenges with hiring staff, so more and more practices are having to put more emphasis on efficiency. It's always been an issue, but they've had to figure out ways to operate more efficiently in many cases with, with fewer staff. If they have some turnover, people quit, it's harder to find people, it's harder to find good people. Um, I imagine something like this would be more work on the front end. There, there's work that went into it with you and your team and and even our inventory management team. But once you started to implement these changes, has it freed up more time for you along the way to focus on things, other things that that you need to work on, either with patient care or with the with the business? Yeah, it
1: definitely has. I think it's also excuse me, freed up some time for our staff too, because there were three or four of the staff members were taking on the inventory and every week they would go through lists of what frames are out there, jot it down and then put it back in the computer. So that was also taking a lot of their time. Um, and it was time that I think they didn't realize it was taking up being taken up. Um, But on my end, it was also a lot of time that I was spending with reps. And so that also freed up time to actually see patients. It freed up some time to see colleagues around um, and different practitioners around the area too. So it, it really does make a difference in something that we might take for granted is our optical or our inventory. Yeah, it's happening in the background, but how long is it taking us to to do all that? Um, And so it's definitely shown, um, and we're fairly early on in the process of the inventory management, but it's been, you're right, it has been a little bit more work up front because we had to label all our frames, and so that took a a few hours, but it was one of those things where now we're reaping the benefits because we're not having to scan or look up every frame. We can scan each frame, and now we have it pop- auto-populate on our system. There, so it's it's one though. It does take some upfront time, but it's definitely saved us many, many, countless hours already.
0: Yeah, and, and countless hours. I, I I think that's such a key component of a successful practice is is how you use your time. You know, they say we've all got the same 24 hours in a day, but not everybody uses that as, a, as effectively. And unfortunately, I say a lot of practices as they get busier, right? When you're a cold start, you've got all kinds of time. You've got like one employee and and maybe two patients on a busy day, right? <clears throat> but as you get busier and you've got more staff and you've got more patients, I I tend to see this plateauing in a lot of practices that they get so occupied, over-occupied with, with a lot of the time it takes to run a practice. And you almost have to regroup with your team and say, what are the things that, that we could change here to operate more efficiently? One, just so it's less stressful for everybody, but also so we can continue to have time to carve out time for patient care, but also the other things as an owner and CEO of your business that you need to be doing, um, to continue to operate a, a successful business from your angle. There's a there's a lot of time savings there. Can you speak to what you've noticed in terms of the patient experience, in terms of the, the the customer service your opticians are able to provide, and the patient journey, having this in place versus perhaps what the the situation was like when you started?
1: Uh, well, we have a lot of different changes that have happened in the last year. Or so patients that are coming in are seeing new optical displays, new frames. The staff has fortunately stuck around with me since we took over ownership. And so that they're seeing familiar faces, but seeing a whole redesigned optical. Um, and so with that change, there's been that's the good continuity that we wanted, um, but they've definitely noticed a lot of that change happening in the frameboards and the opticals. Um, side of of things there too. Um, can you repeat your question, please? Though?
0: yeah, just with the the patient journey and and what the impression of patients. A lot of times, as you implement these things, we're always looking at it from one the standpoint of the practicality, right, of inventory management. But also, obviously, we want to see a uh, we we're we're also aware of the perception of the patient? When they come in, have you gotten any kind of feedback or or responses or that wow factor when people come in that lets you know that, yes, the patients are noticing these changes as well?
1: Yeah, I think every patient has told me since they've come to the practice. And new patients don't have much of a feedback, but besides that, it looks modern. But older returning patients, they come in the door, and I've even seen this, where they walk back out and make sure they're at the right place.
0: (laughs) In a good way, right?
1: In a good way. They come back and they're like, whoa, this is definitely quite the change that you guys have here. I almost got lost (laughs) thinking that I was in the wrong place. Um, And so that's been quite the compliment um, in the change that we had. But I, I think another... And this is more on the inventory side of it, is what we had been doing in the past, and we kind of continued in the beginning, was on the frame itself, instead of having stickers or anything like that, we would put the frame price on the edge of the demo lens. And so patients tended to shop on price instead of shopping for the right fit or the right color or the right size. Um, and so this also took that away. Where now you're appreciating what the frame actually looks like, instead of just shopping, is it going to be fitting in in this area of my budget, right? So um, it definitely took that out of that as well. So I think patients are more inclined to picking a frame that actually fits instead of picking what is the price now. Um, and so that has also helped our business as well. Um, And so we're able to kind of give them the right fit and the right color, the right size without having to worry about the price there.
0: It sounds like a great marketing opportunity as well. Cause when you've got people walking in and their eyes get big, in a good way, and there's that level of impression that would seem to be something you'd want to scale. So, have you done anything with marketing as, as you implement these changes to be able to let people know who maybe haven't been to the practice for a while, or they follow you on Facebook, or they look at your website um, in between visits? That look what we're doing. Look at the the improvements that we're making to the practice and the the overall patient experience.
1: I would say that's probably one of the areas that we could probably improve on and so is our marketing of our practice itself and um, that I look back and that's probably one of those things where we probably could have shown the journey of what we were taking to and probably built a little bit more rapport that way. Um, but now that we've completed the process, I think that's where we're, our main focus is going to be next: is starting to get out there and market our practice, and have that that visibility out there. That hey, this is a new modern practice. Come check it out. And we're working on that.
0: So the um, you this was not a cold startup, and you obviously already had optical when you when you purchased the practice. What any construction things that you had to do? We've talked about the design and, and frame lines and, and things of that nature, but did you have to knock any wall, walls down? Is was there any construction, any reconstruction of the area that that took place?
1: Yeah, we actually did have to knock a few walls down. We had to put about four walls up, and we had to go through all this plumbing as well as lighting and so we did have to do all that but throughout this whole process uh, we started our process in april end of april with our construction process started and we finished in the end of august and so in those few months we kept the optical open um, besides two full weeks where we shut down and and that was when they did bulk of our wall building in our construction portion of it. But we definitely put up some walls, we definitely put up some tarps, and we put <laughs> signs saying pardon our dust, uh, but otherwise we kept open most of the time for that.
0: It sounds like you're happy with the results you got.
1: Oh, yes. We definitely went through a period where <laughs> we were not seeing the end of of construction, but it was it's definitely been quite the process. I was just reflecting with our, our manager this morning and just kind of reiterating how much we've gotten accomplished in the year of taking over the practice and how business has definitely grown too. And so um it's definitely been quite the experience. Um, it's I always joke with fellow colleagues that this practice never came with a handbook so we're we're always learning on the fly and business also didn't come with a handbook so we're learning every step of the way You make mistakes and you you live and you learn
0: yeah i I think it's inspirational too to hear this because there's some things you can change that are easy to um, to mess up or easy to go back on. I mean, if you decide to change the patient's schedule and that's not working right, you can always go back. But once you start knocking walls down, you need a vision, right? And so I, I think sometimes that, that fear, which I'm sure you had some, I'm sure there were some sleepless nights as walls are getting knocked down and there's obviously an investment there. On, am I doing the right thing? And what is this going to look like at the end? So I, I, my hope would be that some people listening to this would would find that inspiration to to take that leap. If you've been kind of sitting on the sidelines, knowing that you need to make some changes in the practice, uh, it, the optical is still such an important part of, of the typical optometry practice that I, I fear that some people might be Resistant to do it, or a little uh, have have some fear about making the changes. So I think it's good to see the the outcome that you've had through that process. Um, can you talk a little bit about the consulting you received with the with the IDOC inventory management team? How, how has that worked, and what has your experience been like with that?
1: Yeah, so I do meet with Lana Green every uh, month, and we do talk about what's working in our optical, what's not working, and we do look at our Edge Pros numbers. And we try to kind of focus on what we can improve on in areas where there might be things that we're doing well on and to keep focusing on those. Um, But the the latest thing to give you an example was second pair sales. And so chatting a little bit about what we can do to market that a little bit to patients while they're in the office and letting some patients don't even know we have this where you you can get a second pair and you get a certain percentage off of it and so i'm just marketing that and kind of putting it out there for the patient to know when they're in the office that hey this is a possibility so those are little things that that um, consulting has definitely kind of just really brought more business to our practice and it's a fun conversation to have with someone that's been through on the optical side for so many years and to part with them on me for, for a few hours um, a month is fantastic. And so we meet every month just to kind of go over our numbers and to go over what we can do to improve on those. Um, and I think everyone can probably use a little bit of, of a consulting and, and we all think we're masters at our skills, but there's always someone that has a different outlook. And so we can always learn something from that.
0: I think that's another top secret. Or I, don't, I guess it's not a secret, but something that successful business people do a lot more of. And I think it's really applies to optometry as well as they, they don't try to do everything themselves. It, optometry can be such a lonely profession, especially as a business owner, because they don't teach this in school and you have to, if you don't reach out for help, wherever that help is, you end up, I think you end up spending a lot of additional time, additional money and making a lot of mistakes to save a few dollars by trying to do it yourself. And looking back, you realize that if I had just gotten help with this, that I would have saved myself a lot of angst along the way, even though there's oftentimes an expense on the front end. But I think in in many of these cases, you save a lot along the way and, and you learn a lot as well. So the you know, Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, This was great. I think the learning experience that you went through is is very valuable for other practice owners to hear. And hopefully this can shrink their learning curve or or similar to you and make a decision. I I think a a wise decision of just asking yourself, should I get help with this? Is this something that is in my wheelhouse that I I want to be spending a, uh, a lot of time with? or would the best use of my time and money be to delegate this to somebody else where I can focus more on the things that I bring the greatest amount of value to the practice. So, so thanks again, uh, much, um, thanks and continued success to, to your practice. You're only a year in, but it sounds like you've accomplished quite a bit in a year. So congratulations for that and and continued success moving forward.
1: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that.
0: So, Thanks everyone for listening. And if you would like more information about IDOC and our optical and inventory management service, you can find out more at IDOC.net. So thanks again, everyone for listening, and we will see you next time.